1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, episode 48. We're going to get right into it today, and we're going to start off with leadoff story, which everybody's talking to, but we're going to take a different approach. Uh, Wander Franco in Tampa Bay, there's something going on. We don't know beyond allegations of a relationship with a a younger lady. We don't know anything. So unlike the mainstream media, uh, we have no interest in being the first people to tell you the story. We're going to wait till stuff comes out because I promise you, there's going to be a lot more to this story than anybody knows right now. We're going to lead with that, and we're going to pass that one by and talk about baseball. Braves beat the Mets 21-3 the other day, and <laughs> they have 224 homers as a team. And it was the ninth game this year that they've hit at least five. Uh, Acuna, Albies, Riley, and Olsen uh, have in 124. Uh, how's that Freddie Freeman trade looking now? It's more than the uh, Rockies. Royals, Pirates, A's, Tigers, Marlins, Nationals, and Guardians. Those those five those four hitters. Those four hitters have hit more than those other teams. And then uh, Pete Alonso hit his what thirty fifth, which makes him the 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 uh, fourth player ever. Albert Pujols, Eddie Matthews, and Ralph Kiner, uh, fourth player in history to hit thirty five in four of his first five seasons. The only one he didn't hit it was in the uh, the shortened twenty twenty season. Pretty good company. Um, Hella good company right there. Home run productions through the roof. That much is clear. Uh, And baseball wanted that. Baseball always wants that. Uh, If you go back to the late nineties and look at the home run chase with Sosa and McGuire and bonds and all the guys cheating baseball first off and the writing second, nobody, everybody knew nobody called them out on it because it's good for the game. Uh, Turned out to be bad for the game then. But I think, uh, a combination of things are happening. One of them is that big league pitching, while velocity may be up, there are fewer big league pitchers in the big leagues today than there have been in a long time.
0: Well, and you also talked about, Kurt, earlier in the year, how people are approaching batting anymore, which upward swings. and
1: Yeah, the strikeout has become okay. And we're going to interview a man this week who I don't know if he ever struck out in his career. He went to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Rod Crew is going to be joining us this week, uh, and he'll explain to you why a strikeout is worse than a regular out uh, in many ways. You know, it's the it's the uh, the lack of uh, importance around the strikeout and the lack of preparation and workload for pitchers in the minor leagues before they get to the big leagues. These guys are learning in the big leagues on the fly because they throw really hard to get called up and watching them. I've been I watched a couple of games this week. I actually saw a couple in person this week, weekend. Uh and it's just there are so few guys in the big leagues that are not throwers anymore, and that's kind of challenging to watch. Now, speaking of strikeouts, the Dodgers who are running away with the West, Jose Rias the other night, uh punched out the side in the fifth and sixth and uh punched out two or three in the seventh to complete a seven inning, three run for it, 12 punch out efforts. Uh, he's 10-6 and six with a 4-3-5. More importantly, he's 3-0 oh with a 2-2-4 two, two, of his last four. So he's, he's right in the ship a little bit. And it's kind of amazing how I always say it, Bill, in the beginning of the season, they are who they are. Be it a bad month, bad two months, good players will end up where they're supposed to be or near where they're supposed to be at the end of the season. Um, we're seeing that in in L.A. Also, uh, Sandy Alcontrera, his almost 5 ERA from the first half. He's two four five since the break. Uh, just threw a complete game. Two of his last four starts. He had a six pitch first against the Yankees, who are my goodness, it's tough. Got ten groundouts, punched out ten, did not allow anything more than a single. Uh, as Florida holds on to a half game lead over the Cubs and the Reds. Uh, that, that it's going to be a fun, a fun pennant race this year, guys.
0: I think After the Marlins the- are for real.
1: Oh no, they're for absolutely. We're in August.
0: There's yeah. no fakes.
1: there's no fakes. Right, we're past the the guys that that we kind of thought might regress to the mean have the pirates, uh, you know, they're the pirates and they're better, but probably not ready. Orioles are real. Uh, Reds are real. Um, Cubs are, you know, the giants snuck up on me a little bit for a while uh, as well. Yeah, but um, this
0: Dodger winning streak is yeah, kind of yeah. everybody's playing playing back for, to reality.
1: Everybody's jockeying for postseason position. Yep. Outside of the one seed for the Dodgers. After the Marlins comeback on Sunday, teams were three and seven hundred and fifty-nine when trailing by four runs in the ninth inning or later. While that sounds astronomical, the more astronomical thing is coming back from four runs in the ninth. Which is why they only done it three out of seven hundred and sixty-two times. Sunday was the first day with four multiple run comebacks in the ninth inning or later since 2010. Think about it. And, and that's with the way the bar the, the, the bullpen's are being used, that's that's not surprising. I'm not sure that they're ready yet. Uh so I'll tell you the same thing after being in Arizona this weekend and uh Philadelphia. Uh, I I love the Diamondbacks, and I've, I've I've been in love with them since the opening week of spring training this year. They're not ready yet. Uh, I love the team. I love the talent. And if they they somehow were to slide into playoffs, that'd be great for the experience. But they're not ready yet. They've got a legit one in Gallon, and there's nothing not to love about the kid. One of the and you you want to see a pitcher that's a kid that's a guy who knows how to pitch. Same thing with Aaron Nola in Philadelphia, who I, I had a chance to talk to this weekend. Those guys are working mid to upper nineties with command on both sides of the plate. Um, And then you watch some of these guys come out of the pen and it's just thrower after thrower after thrower. And it's, it's such a disparity in, in, in appearance and presentation of stuff that it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. But Um, I think you need to explain what you mean by just a thrower. So, and and honestly by a thrower, I mean exactly that. So a pitcher is a guy that pitches. And by that, I mean, he throws a fastball away. He misses on the outside corner of the plate, or he paints the corner. He throws a fastball in, he misses. a good. The good misses. He throws a fastball in, he misses in. He throws a break ball, it comes up a little short of the plate. A thrower is a guy who's just trying to look at the gun after every pitch and throw the ball as hard as he can. And that's the guy who, when the catcher sets up here, the catcher's catching it here. Or when the catcher sets up here, he's catching it here, or he's blocking a pitch. And you almost never see him catch a pitch from a thrower with the glove in front of him. Watch a guy like, well, and, and uh, uh, Scherzer, Verlander, same way, DeGrom, when he's healthy, a, a, a command pitcher, a pitcher will hit, usually hit the catcher between the shoulders with a fastball if he misses. And the thrower will rarely hit the catcher between the shoulders. <laughs> the ball's all over the place. And and it, it, it's it, it's literally a thrower. He's a guy who's out there to throw as hard as he can. And it was always something that you kind of worked out in the minor leagues. Because you got to double A and you realize that all the good double A is where teams generally decide on a player if he has the potential. Because you start, you know, they're for the most part offensively guys are starting to take a big league mentality to at bats and and players kind of weed themselves out. Um, But you stop throwing around then as a youngster when you're coming from double A to the big leagues after spending five starts in double A, you haven't learned anything. And so these kids are having to learn it in the big leagues. And that's why you're seeing an increase in home runs. But you're all you're seeing an increase in strikeouts. I am I'm, I'm kind of curious what how both rates have gone up. Uh, which one is bigger, which one is higher, the strikeout rate or the home run rate. Um, but uh and, and it's also the same thing with the hitters. Hitters learn to hit in double A and up. And you're seeing far fewer games and in innings by players in the high minors now than in the past. And that's the place where you learn how to play baseball. That's why the game looks so different now. And we talked about this uh, last week a couple different times uh, about clubhouses. And I mentioned uh, a team that I thought was supremely talented but missing that thing in the clubhouse. And and it was just confirmed um, by talking uh, over the weekend to some people uh, and then by this quote from Juan Soto in San Diego. They were swept by the Mariners and the quote was from a player on the team named Juan Soto days like this series like this we just give up and um it's it's been really inconsistent some days we grind some days we don't we got to do it every day days like this series we just give up that tells you as a fan all you need to know about the clubhouse There is not a player in that clubhouse that even remotely could be considered a leader because that quote doesn't happen on a team that has presence in the clubhouse. Because first of all, if it happens, it doesn't get public because somebody's already had a team meeting saying, you know, challenging half the team to a fight because they're not playing the game the right way or playing the game hard enough or anything, something. But that doesn't happen. No, players don't say that. Teams don't do that because they have a a david ross or a doug mirabelli or anthony rizzo or you know a guy who has a presence in the clubhouse who's not afraid to say anything to anybody and you know that in a nutshell i think is why the padres are where they are why they've had the troubles they've had and why a team with with probably as much offensive talent as anybody in the game is 15 and a half back in the west i mean we i I remember talking bill out of spring training the shortened series were going to bring uh, heightened awareness to head-to-head games, and we were all—I was talking about how excited I was to see the Padres and the Dodgers hook up. I mean, you look across that clubhouse; you got Betts and Freeman, uh, Kershaw. You've got guys. I promise you aren't afraid to call timeout <laughs> and have a meeting if things are struggling. But every team, you have to have it. I don't care, uh, and you have to be able to identify it in players. That it's, it's what creates underground value. In certain guys, you remember the year the Cubs won. Bill, the David Ross was probably the biggest signing, right? Um, because they had a club out, and uh, you know, I'm sure uh, Anthony Rizzo would tell you, because Bryant would tell you, uh, the guys on the team would tell you that John Lester and his presence and his postseason achievements and accomplishments brought a lot of uh, swag, you know, attitude. But but that guy, that David Ross guy, is an absolute must. Every team I ever played on, that one had one. Uh, or two or more. And the Padres don't have one. So the harder part is going to be to bring in a guy that has that in a locker room with Soto, Machado, Bogarts, Tatis, and have them respect him. And usually that's that only happens through like physical confrontation because these guys are all hundred millionaires, established superstars who, except for Xander, had never won a thing. And they're going to tell you that they're, con- look at their contracts or look at their stats when they're 15 and a half games out. And both are meaningless when you're 15 and a half games out.
0: And five and a half back in the wild card. They yeah. no,
1: they're, they're done. chasing
0: teams that are
1: all playing really well. Like we just talked about. Yeah. They're not, they're not, I don't think they're chasing anybody. Somebody else is going to have to completely bomb for them to get in the postseason. Right. What should be a tragedy? Cause they don't deserve it. And I hate to say that because I've told you, my, what I think of Bob Melvin and I've talked about Matt Williams who Matt Williams as a player is the guy they need in the clubhouse because he would not ha- that quote right there would get you. Uh, you would, if you, if you said something like that publicly, Matt Williams would be talking to you in the back room one on one. And in 2001, when Bo Mel was, was the bench coach for us in the Diamondbacks, he, if he sent something, he would say something to somebody to make something happen. He never never had to because it was a veteran team uh I I know it's killing him too because I know he knows it and there's nothing you can do about it as a manager because these players don't listen to managers the way they used to and that's that's not a good thing. So we'll end on a uh, an interesting conversation uh the Brewers are threatening or potentially could threaten relocation as they negotiate a Milwaukee stadium deal. According to reports, uh, Milwaukee could explore it. Government funding for improvements to American Family Field has been met with political infighting in Wisconsin as, surprise, Democratic Governor Tony Evers and Republican-controlled Senate state legislature, not a surprise at all, have proposed different packages for uh, toward keeping the brewers in Milwaukee. Additionally, the, the Milwaukee County Board of Supervisors unanimously voted to support a spring resolution that no county funding be used for stadium upgrades. I don't blame him. Rob Manfred does what you know baseball does best. He says things that he probably shouldn't have. Uh, he issues a veiled threat to Milwaukee in a visit around the same time saying Oakland made some unfortunate decisions not to maintain it in the way that it needed to be maintained. At this point in time in this economy, I can't think of anything less important than upgrades for the Milwaukee Brewers stadium. I get it. The problem is they've got hundreds of billions or tens of billions in ownership money. Stop asking. Spend. Can't think of any way to turn fans off more. You 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 have a great manager, you have a good young, you have a group of people, players that can win, create the pro- a problem for your players that 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 they shouldn't have to deal with. Because this stuff comes into the clubhouse. This is where the way that you know the writers start saying, Hey, what do you think about, you know, if you guys could possibly move and you've got a guy who's in the middle of an 0 for 15, he doesn't care. You know, you go in to talk to Craig Council about the possibility of moving. He's trying to figure out how his platoon is going to work in right field or left field or, you know, how his rotation is going to pan out. They don't want to talk about this crap. And the owners never have the guts to be out in front of the microphone, you know, except for like, I I had a chance to meet the Middleton family in Philadelphia this weekend. And my God, was I impressed. Uh, I've always known the Middletons to be good people. And they've always been, they've been involved with the Phillies for a long time. But, but Mr. Middleton, uh, uh, What a what an amazing what amazingly kind man and the owner that you dream to play for I'll pay you he'll pay you whatever you need to be paid but you better bring him a championship and as a player you can't have you can't ask for any more than that and then to see this in Milwaukee of all places Uh, that's a uh, first
0: place ball club right now they lead the
1: Central well I think Bill there's a lack of self awareness from ownership in baseball sometimes that kind of is breathtaking. Right. You're in first place. If you have any sense, which is one of the other problems, is ownership groups generally don't have a sense of anything going on in the clubhouse or what it's like. So they'll say things that have far reaching ramifications, uh, and not think twice about it. And then when the follow ups to be asked, they're gone. And the players are left to deal with it. And they've already got enough to deal with. Like you said, they're in a they're they're playing for the place postseason. They're playing for a World Series, and now this crap. Not going to probably be that big of a deal, but it's just something extra you don't need. That's too bad. Milwaukee's always been, you know, what they're trying to do, a lot of these stadiums, is understanding. A lot of this is understanding that TV rights and stuff are changing. And the way games are presented uh, in television and the media are changing. So now there's a, a lean into maximizing stadium revenue. And this isn't about expanding the stadium or more seating. It's about maximizing the value inside the square footage that's already built. More suites, bigger suites, more luxurious suites, You know, better seating, whatever it is. Um, you're trying to squeeze every last penny out of that because you recognize that I think the days of those, with fans able to watch games in more ways than they've ever been with with cable tv and satellite tv going the way of the dinosaur it's a different landscape and it's going to continue to be a different landscape the 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 upside for sports is that you've got competition right you've got yahoo you've got amazon prime you've got hbo all of the all of the the app stations uh are jumping in to grab uh rights but what i can't remember the name of the company the diamond vision company bill that went bankrupt this year diamond sports Diamond sports, excuse me, Diamond sports, that you're going to see that too. Uh, teams left holding the bag, local rights going back to local TV stations um, because there's more people. Uh, uh, the, the Sam Bankman freed and the Birdie Madoff are 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 real things these days, uh, more so than ever. And that stuff is bled into sports. Uh, and you saw it with Diamond sports, and you're seeing it with a couple of the betting apps and all the other things. There's a rush to money without. They never do the things they do with television with an ownership change. They vet these guys to the point where it's like the Department of Defense vetting somebody in intelligence. You know, they're going to ask who your friends w- <laughs> and they're doing it to ensure that the the financial wherewithal to run a team is there. They're not doing the same thing with television. They're just taking the checks. Yeah. And they're not checking whether they bounce or not. So anyway, uh, listen, we've got a great week. Uh, I'm going to be talking to Hall of Famer Rod Carew. One of the greatest hitters to ever live. He was kind of the in my mind the original Tony Gwynn, um, Hall of Famer. Uh, Rod crew will be on the show, uh, and then, well, it's it's we're getting down to to crunch time. So the games are taking on a a, a little bit bigger significance. I think you're going to really see the impact of the 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 balanced schedule this year change uh, in, in a big way. September is going to be really interesting. Yeah, because the, the 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 division matchup games in September are going to be. There won't be many, we play you three, and then we come to your place for three more kind of things uh, going on. And that's going to make these series uh, and division series quite crazy. I cannot wait to see how the AL East pans out. I really can't. I think it's going to be extraordinary. Uh, And I said, like I said, I'm not sure where we are. Uh, I think, you know, obviously I think the Red Sox, uh, I think the Yankees are kind of out, but you're, you're looking at possibly at least, three teams in that division being in the postseason.
0: Yeah. There's... And right now that's the O's, the Rays, and
1: and the J's. I mean, think about that.
0: Right. You
1: have multiple <laughs> spots in the postseason, and neither team you're talking about is the Red Sox or Yankees. Right. Which just goes to show you don't have to spend $300 million to build a winner. Uh, say it till you're blue in the face. They're never going to change, but you don't. So, hey, you guys, anywhere you get your podcast, outkick.com for sure. Uh, on the front page, you can click up in the right corner. Click on shows. Uh, you can see Tommy Laren, Clay Travis show, uh, the guys that I I, I visit every week and on on Tuesdays as well. Uh, and anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, anywhere, uh, you can see the Curt Schilling Baseball Show. Bill and John have a great week. I'll see you guys on Friday.